0: And we want you to know, all you grads who are out there that weren't up there, we love you too, okay? <laughs> we love you too. Obviously, through a lot of circumstances, not everyone can make it to that, but we just want that to be a way to tell you we realize it's a significant event in your life, what you have just gone through in graduating, and this uh, next era of your life has begun, and we treasure you, and we look forward to seeing what God can do with your life if you surrender, if you surrender. Um, hey, real quick, uh, Buff and I are up here, and it's Buff today, and you'll see why in a minute. Uh, we are up here today because it's a really special day we have planned, and, uh, but yesterday we had Cancer Crush. How many of you participated in Cancer Crush and volunteering? There's a number of you were there. We had hundreds of people walking and running to raise money for our Cancer Hope ministry and it's a big deal. We, I think it's our 11th year that we've done it. Uh, we didn't do it in 2020, so it's 11 years we've done it. And we want you to know we need volunteers. And it's really important in light of today and what we're also launching this year. And we, we need Cancer Hope volunteers. And so if you can be in this critical ministry that has reached seven states supporting people who have been diagnosed with cancer, we would love, 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 love for you to be a part of that. So Buff, the other day... I was heading east on Social Row. So are you guys with me? I'm heading east on Social Row. For you directionally disinclined, it's that way, okay, that way. And I get to the intersection of 48 and Social Row and I'm in the left turn lane and I have a left, I have a green arrow, which means what? I can go, but I'm a gracious Christ follower of the Lord (laughs) And, uh, and there's a person that is waiting to turn left to head west onto social row. And so I graciously, full of grace and truth, allow that person to do it. But not knowing, there was another guy who thought, well, I'll get in that little line there and I'll turn left. Even though it's been green for, it seems like a minute, I let the first person go. Didn't see the second one and I edge out and here he comes and I went like this. And what did he do, well? <laughs> he proceeded to very passionately remind me that I had been physically intimate with a maternal figure. Okay. So <laughs> everybody knows where that's headed. I wanted to figure out how I could say that to let you know how passionate he was and not be inappropriate. Was I within boundaries there, okay? <laughs> Um, some of the you know Michigan grads are going. What does he mean by that? What does he mean? Does he mean by that? Yeah. That's so, so, so I'm a grandfather. So that wasn't untrue. That wasn't untrue. You know, I that like he was speaking truth, but, but he was off the rails. Now there are a couple things interesting about this. As is, is for for over a week now, I've been wondering what's his mental health like. Like what's his family <laughs> life? Like? Yeah. And I wish that you know. We could come to ch- church together. This, you've maybe considered this, but he could be here. He, I know, he could. Well, that's all, Always when that stuff happens, I always say, I hope
1: he's a Southbrooker.
0: Yeah. You know, I hope yeah. this would be awesome. If he's going down the road and saying, that was my man. I just did that too. But I uh, you know, just hope he comes to church someday and I can baptize him for a yeah. while. You know, I mean, that's, that's really what I hope happens. So, yeah. So here's the interesting thing about this. So you and I are telling this story, and yeah. you go, what?
1: I said, that's me. That could have been me. I would have done that. Yeah, I would have <laughs> yeah. said that.
0: So you've yeah. been the,
1: I've, I've you've been you the person some, who's been... Some mofos. S- mofos. Yeah, yeah, some
0: mofos. And that is a result of yeah, some some trauma. Like, literally, right. you have been in trauma the last two years because of why. So tell the yeah, church I mean, why. I,
1: we say this all the time for our whole lives, right, that traffic is a... Uh, an indicator of how you're doing. It is. I've heard you it, say it that is. a lot. It, yeah. is.
0: it is. We could do a whole series on how to drive <laughs> just for traffic. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus, uh, take the wheel. We really could because yeah. it is, like from the moment you're in your car in this parking lot, it is a spiritual action that's taking place.
1: Yeah. Uh, that and grocery stores, I feel like are that's, my indicators of how I'm doing spiritually. Okay. And, uh, you know, for the last two years, I've been extra furious in the car. Just, <laughs> just extra furious. Extra furious in the car. And it, I mean, it's, not funny, but it is a, like a symptom of PTSD, and so it has opened me up to when I get called names and things, or I get s- gestures. Like I, I now know there's a chance that that person has pretty serious issues, right? Yeah. And yeah. that that is an indicator. Like so, I it's opened me up to a world of a slightly more compassion for. Uh, yeah. <laughs> For those folks, because yeah, it's, so, it's been deep sometimes, yeah. and I have to go home and, and think and like but process. It. Are, you, are you trying to tell us you,
0: you you've not reciprocated <laughs> as a
1: spirit-filled
0: person would do all the time? So you're trying to tell That's us right. that, right? So yeah. this has relevance for this reason. Look at this. Look at this. So we're going to set up this whole day with these amazing words. If, if you took the New Testament, and it is this collection of 27 diamonds, the gem, I believe, at the middle of that collection of 27 diamonds is Romans chapter eight. If you just knew Romans chapter eight, you probably wouldn't MF people in the traffic. <laughs> like if you, if, you, if you just knew that, it would change your life. And so look at what he, Paul says. He goes through this whole section and he says, Sin is deadly. It's a virus that's been unleashed in the world. But Jesus absorbed that virus into his body. And then in Romans 8.1, he says this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Which, for those of us who grew up shame-based, that's our life verse. That verse right there. Because we want to condemn ourselves all the time. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. All the law did was make us feel more guilty. And so it really doesn't change people. It just makes them feel like, I'm just going to give up on God because I can't keep the law. He says, no, no, that's not the issue anymore. What the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the sarks. That's the word there for flesh, S-A-R-X. It was weakened by the human inclination in its natural state. That's what the sarks means. The flesh means if you just let a two-year-old go, they don't they don't act spirit-filled, do they? They don't act, they, you know, they're little sinners. They'll just go off the rails so fast and make your life miserable. And this is what the Sarks is. The Sarks is human nature driven by human nature. No boundaries. Uh, Hollywood is what I'm trying to tell you. This is what, that's what I'm talking about. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the sarks, in the flesh. He took all that condemnation in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh. We don't live according to the law anymore. We live according to the Spirit. And then he says in verse 5, Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their, their minds set on what the Spirit desires. That's really, you want to know how to live tomorrow when you wake up? That's right there, Romans 8, 5. Is set your mind on what the Holy Spirit wants in your life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, etc. The mind governed by the sarks, the flesh, is death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Anybody here want life and peace? Yeah. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to Christ, but if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, we're, we're all getting older, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised, look at this, Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal, dying body. So even while, you know, even while you're aging, there is something emerging that is life, that is beyond just physical vigor because of his spirit who lives in you. Now, the reason that we're opening with that today is because you and I are all triune bodies, uh, triune beings. We are a body, we're a mind, and we're a spirit. And your spirit affects your mind, your body affects your mind, your mind affects your body, your spirit affects your body. You can't separate that. And so what we're going to do, Buff and I are going to unpack how this is implicative in a huge family issue going on right now. And by our understanding, and I think when you leave here today, by your understanding, it's an issue that's not going to get easier. And Jesus can affect this issue in a dramatic way. Uh, Buff, you are, are today, when you helped create this series, one of the things about today was focused on 78 year old Carl Fredrickson. Explain right. that to people who may not be familiar with that character.
1: Yeah, well in each of these like family series, we've kind of used a Disney movie as our, our launching point, our starting place. Cause Disney does such a good job of mixing pain and beauty, right? There's all this Mm -hmm. color, it looks like a kid's thing, but there's deep pain inside. And in Up, it's especially poignant. Uh, There's, if you've seen it, the first 10 minutes of Up are maybe the best 10 minutes of an animated movie ever, where you see the whole life of this man, Carl, who had this beloved wife. They had to deal with infertility. He had to deal with her death. And so now he's in this stage when you meet him in the movie, where he's just an older guy who you think his life is, for the most part, kind of completed, finished, that he's just sitting around, that adventure is done for him. Hmm. Uh, But then in the movie, he meets this young kid, Russell, I think Mm -hmm. is his name. He meets a dog who just chases after squirrels all the time. Uh, But it's this beautiful movie because you think, you look at Carl's life and it looks like all the best is behind him, his adventures are done. And then because of the intervention of Russell and this dog and a bunch of balloons, he goes on this wild adventure. And it's not just like a, a tangential thing for us, right? It's a thing that I've been figuring out, which is I think we perceive people past a certain age, and I don't, that age is changing all the time, so I'm not even going to dare to say what it is. Don't, please. But, right. But I, I think we have this thought in our head that you reach a certain age and your adventure is kind of yeah. done. yes. And we also, the other thing we think is that mental health, you know, with what we're doing with Players Box and young adults, we think mental health issues as we're all kind of getting more aware of our brains. We think that's a young person's game. And I think what I have been learning over the last few years, and what I think is evident even in this silly Disney movie, is that it's actually a serious disease for your whole life. Like your mental health matters your whole life. Uh, And actually has like, that seniors are at more risk for taking their own lives or for depression, yeah. for loss, for anxiety. Um, that it's a whole life experience of, yeah. of making your mind healthier.
0: So, as many of you know, Laura lost her mother and father two years ago within six weeks, six weeks of mm-hmm. each other. Her mother to a form of dementia. And that's one of the reasons that we're doing this together. But we have a gift for you. She is the vice president of cognitive care at Traditions Management. Every time I talk to her about this issue, I learn something new. And we thought, why not give? Let her give her knowledge to Southbrook, as we talk about an issue that is not. Don't look at this today. If you're 25 here, oh, that's not an issue. No, this is this is this is your issue too, as Laura's saying. Yeah. So, gang, longtime Southbrooker Lori Horseman. would you welcome Lori up to the stage with us today, Lori? <laughs> All right, so I got to say this because um, Laura, uh, Lori is a certified college instructor at Miami University. She's certified in de- as a dementia practitioner, Alzheimer's and disease dementia care trainer, certified first responder in dementia training, certified dementia support group facilitator, certified Montessori dementia care professional. Uh, she has 27 years experience as a trainer, speaker, 11 years experience in assisted living, 12 years in dementia care, personal experience as a dementia caregiver, uh, as you'll hear in her story. And she has written a Montessori-based dementia training program. She trains on, uh, at long-term care communities across Ohio, Indiana, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Kentucky. She has developed a brain training program to maintain and improve overall brain health. So she's just not riffing up here today, people, <laughs> is what I'm trying to tell you. The um, Lori knows what she's talking about when it comes. And Lori, I think one of the gifts that you've been to many of us is, 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 is every single time we talk, I learn something new. It's so valuable. Um, real quick, I told Laura's story. Yours is similar and yet opposite.
2: Opposite, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And so it was your dad. It
2: was my dad. Dad had Louis body's dementia, which is a different type of dementia. We didn't recognize what he had and um, my twins were five at the time and my mother was in final stages of dealing with breast cancer so i was what you call the sandwich generation i was taking care of the five-year-olds and then the 80 year olds and sandwiched in the middle
0: so I got to so, you, so you're doing this today, and oh by the way, Jordan Jackson just graduated High last school. weekend, yes. Your parties were this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And I know while Eric probably did all the preparations <laughs> for that, and you had it really easy um, we want to give it up for Lord being up here today, because she's, she's <laughs> going through a transition of herself right now. It's, it's a big deal, emotionally. Big deal. What is dementia? We say okay. that word, what is it?
2: Dementia is not a diagnosis. So often doctors will tell you you have dementia. That's like saying you have cancer. But then your next question is what type? Dementia is just an umbrella term that we use to describe over a sim- series of symptoms, over 100 different symptoms that can mean um, loss of words, loss of memory loss. Uh, it's even physical, but it's not dementia. I mean, it's not a diagnosis. Dementia, there's 120 different types of dementia, and Alzheimer's is only one of those. And
0: real quick on this, uh, Buff. Before we you ask that question, you you know you you, you qualify this. This is yeah. a this is a tsunami.
2: Yes, silver tsunami.
0: So so explain the silver tsunami term.
2: Okay. So um, baby boomers are there's 10,000 of them turning 65 every year, and that generation is very very top heavy compared to the generation below it trying to support it, and in the state of Ohio we're not really equipped to handle everybody as they age in place, if you will. Not everybody can afford to move into an assisted living and have care, and a lot of these seniors are living by themselves. So we're not really equipped for what's coming, and obviously age is the biggest predictor as to whether or not you can get this disease, but it's not always old age. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think
1: some of the things I was, I was learning was about how we have learned medically how to take care of lots of issues, right? We mm-hmm. now have a lot of different cancer treatments, and we know we have lots of different procedures to keep the heart healthy. We understand a lot of our bodies, but the brain is kind of the final frontier. Mm-hmm. And so you have all these folks who we can keep them healthy in every other way, except for their brain health, right? Correct. So tell us about some of the, what are some of the risk factors, like who, who's more likely to get it? What should we be looking for in our families and in ourselves?
2: So before I do this, you are not allowed to diagnose each other with dementia on the way home today. <laughs> <laughs> Right? And you had
0: said that all kind. Of, when you do this, every wives wife, their every husbands. wife will
2: go. You have dementia. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it. It's not it. I mean, yes, he. he it's all right. Sp- let's.
0: Everybody raise their right hand and say, I swear not to diagnose today. Come <laughs> on. What if you get extra yeah. mad
2: in traffic? Is that no, 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 See, that, that's normal. That's normal. And it, there is this thing that we call dementia. That's just selective listening that you guys do. <laughs> But, <laughs> but dementia, um, <laughs> obviously age is a risk factor, um, but as, I, as soon as I say that, people start to stop listening to me. But you need to understand, we have people diagnosed with this disease as early as 25 years old. It's not an old age issue anymore. Um, the other thing is usually lifestyle is the biggest risk factor. In the United States, we have one of the highest influx of this disease, and it's, it's our lifestyles, it's things that we're choosing to eat and drink. Um, It's the way we handle our stress. It's the way we don't handle our stress properly. It's the stuff that we're feeding on. It's the stuff... Like you said, it is spiritual, it's mental, it's physical, it's all of those things. Mm -hmm. And we know, science knows, that over two-thirds of the types of dementia that are out there are preventable. But we have this lifestyle of thinking that, well, my mom got it, my dad got it, so I guess I'm going to get it too. And you let go instead of continually to fight and continue to you know, pour into yourself, you just kind of let go. So that was one yeah. of the things I learned, um, having gone through this as a daughter.
0: So COVID has changed this. The question is, can someone get dementia under 65? You say yes. yes. And, and why is that? Why are we seeing now the evidence that dementia for a lot of people actually starts in their 30s, even if they, not even the outlier cases, that it doesn't start when you're 65, it starts younger.
2: It starts in your 30s and it has a lot to do with food and lifestyle. And when I say that, um, the the number one way you want to prevent this is you want to take a look at what you're putting in your body, what you're eating. I mean, I, I get it, everybody, you know, COVID taught us a few things is that, you know, isolation will kill you faster than any disease out there. Um, We are social creatures. We need each other. And one of the things that we also need to be aware of is what you're putting in your body. Um, If it's genetically modified, if it's processed, if it's... If you drop a French flyer on the floor and you can still eat it two weeks later, you probably shouldn't be consuming that stuff.
0: (laughs) So Twinkies (laughs) are off limits, you're saying. There's no bumper crop of
2: Little Debbie's going up and down 70s, so you probably shouldn't be eating that food. Um, You know, even the stuff that we drink um, that we think is healthy for us is not... Pay attention to it. Um, Your brain is mostly fat and water. The Mediterranean diet is one of the best diets for brain health and heart health. But staying physically active, staying socially connected, having a sense of purpose and value, um, and that's one of the things that we don't do the way I think we should here in the United States. We look at old people like they're done after a certain amount of time, and they're not. Mm. And um, I'm even part of a a study that we're doing at Denison University as to an influx in dementia as soon as these, these professors retire. It's like, here it comes, within six months and what's causing it well you stopped using your brain and it's true if you stop using it you will lose it
0: yeah so we'll get into that in a minute about mm-hmm. some of the things you can do Look.
2: yeah well i was just going to say i i saw that in
1: my mom with she did child care and the kids aged out of needing her mm-hmm. and she and my dad worked together at a at a golf place and they they quit that because it got hard on them and they just She had, her hobbies were things that she couldn't do once her eyesight started going, you know. So, like, that having lifelong hobbies Mm -hmm. that you can do even when you physically start to change and alter And I think I also saw just how stress and depression play into that for sure. And I think we don't always think about that. And again, I'm, I'm learning as I get older, like, you don't know until you know just how much I thought old people were done developing as a person. You know, like, they were, they're, they were done, they were fixed, They, they and that this is such a lie that I just yeah, thought, yeah. like they still have challenges, they still need to learn new things, mm-hmm. they still need community and new friendships and uh, new learning, and I think I, I just saw that so clearly how important those things were. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Is there a cure? is cure? There?
2: there is no cure. Um, all dementias are fatal, and there is no cure for them. Um, and the drugs that we have on the market, don't don't think that this is all just pop a pill and get rid of it. 99.6% of all the drugs fail that are created for Alzheimer's and dementia um, because there's 120 different types. If you mm. both got the same type, you're gonna go through this dementia completely different because your brain processes information differently from hers. So just because you know one person with dementia, you only know that one person with dementia. Mm-hmm. So no, there is no cure.
0: So in this case, prevention, um, is the best kind. Um, buff, what, you understand why I'm saying Lori and Buff, because I knew that I was going to demonstrate a lack separated. of mental acuity when I messed them up. She's the one with uh, all the
1: credibility. Yeah, okay, yeah,
0: okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what what did you see? You're sitting here, and we're having a meeting, you and Lori and I are having a meeting, and you look back, and what did you see now looking back in your mom? That if... If Lori were, let's say, in your life 10 years ago, Mm -hmm. what could have been different?
1: Yeah, and we're going to ask this question to you. What's normal aging, right? Because I think for me, I wish I had understood the early signs 20 years ago. You know, I wish I would have understood helping my mom find purpose, helping keeping her company. Like, I wish I had done a, a better job at that. And then there became this this weird stage where it was like, it didn't seem like just normal memory. Cause I think there is a, a natural memory loss, there right? Is. Like losing names, you know, misplacing keys, you know, your glasses are on top of your head. Like I do that all, you know, there's, mm. there's those things that are normal. She was starting to show things that were very technically, mechanically Alzheimer's. A um, uh, Silly thing, this is a funny, like we always make, and things that are punchlines. Like we talk about old folks and technology, right, being this thing. But my mom it wasn't that she couldn't use technology. She was a professional typist at one point in her life and could no longer remember how to make a capital letter. Like it was it was yeah. mechanical things. It wasn't just So there is this difference I wish I had understood the early the early signs. I wish I had known the difference more between what is normal aging and what is something yeah, is a health so problem. What is yeah. that,
0: Lauren? What what is because okay. you, you speak into that, yeah. Yeah. just because you forgot your keys today doesn't mean you're, you're no, sliding no, no, no. Yeah. down very the slippery slope. Yeah. No, yeah. it's very it's different. different.
2: No self-diagnosing, everybody promised, right? So normal aging, it is normal to slow down with processing of stuff. It is normal to take a moment to try to figure out what it is you want to say. It is normal to walk into a room looking for your cell phone and you're on your cell phone. I've seen you all do it. <laughs> it is normal to write a grocery list and go to the grocery and forget the list at home. That's normal. But what is not normal is to see a coffee cup in the sink and say someone's been in the house because I didn't have any coffee this morning and you call the police. That's not normal. It's not normal to go to the grocery store and figure out where am I? How did I get here? I'm not even sure how to get home, and then when you go home, you're going back to your eight-year-old childhood address, not the house you live in. That's not normal. It is not normal to um, start to have a conversation with somebody, and you can't find your words. And even if Charlie were to give me the word, I still wouldn't recognize the Mm. word. That's not normal. It's normal to forget the things you want to say, but then it is normal to pick up that train of thought and continue with it. What's not normal is when you lose the name altogether and you realize it's happening. Everybody realizes it's happening in the early stages of Alzheimer's. And you will do a couple of things, is you will either withdraw, because you don't want anybody to know about it. We have this horrible stigma about this disease. Or you'll use humor to throw people off the trail and go, oh, you know I know your name. Or you'll get Did angry. You see oh, oh, all the time. Yeah, yeah my yeah. mom is an expert at yeah. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. They get really good at fronting and hiding. But then when you push back and you start to look at it, you realize they're looking at the remote control and they have no idea how to turn the TV set on. And they're trying to call you yeah. using the remote control instead of the cell phone. They can't remember how to make a capital because that is a two brain process with a keystroke and hold it. They can't remember. Mm. And then you in your best of intentions try to remind them and you think that if you keep reminding them and encouraging them and quizzing them that you're going to pull it out of them and you can't because that part of their brain is literally fragmenting away and disappearing. So with you with your best of intentions quizzing them constantly, all you're doing is infuriating them and isolating them and making them not trust you because now they can't hide from you and they don't feel like they can trust you with their secret.
0: You're, you're now getting into territory that you and Laura Buffington are, uh, <laughs> are, are, are very, unfortunately, personally experienced in. And it's the reason why we're very slowly going into starting a basically equivalent of Cancer Hope for Alzheimer's and dementia patients and caregivers. But that is the cost of caregiving mm. is so high. Before you give the number, what was the cost for you? Because you literally are in PTSD. You, you, you know that's why you're cussing out people in the, yeah. in the traffic. It's, it's, okay. it's not really you. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the PTSD talking. Yeah. Um, but it was I know, a I very. I need a horn
1: that says that. <laughs> 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 Excuse me. I had dramatic things happen. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was. It was
0: that. It was that real. Um, yeah. And then L'Oreal add a, a statistical validation to that.
1: Yeah. For you. Yeah, I and mean, I saw it in my dad because he was, you know, living with my mom, and he had his own grim diagnosis, so he was facing that. But then in myself, you just constantly feel it's a, that hypervigilance is the word because we had, and I would say, there is hope, there is goodness and hope, but it is, everything is loaded all the time.
0: Santa Claus. Tell the Santa Claus yeah. story, for example. I, a, did you hear her telling this <laughs> story? No. So, tell the Santa this Claus This is a story.
1: good story, but I, um, you know, I was living in cincinnati so i would go to columbus a couple times a week and do everything i could for them and then i would and so that's just exhausting right and then when i was in away from them i'd call two or three times a day and check in and i called once and i get on the phone and my mom says you'll never guess who was at the house and i said who and she said santa claus and i like sat on the curb because i think Hmm. this is a new symptom we're in new territory and i hear my dad in the back going let me talk to her let me talk to her Put her, put me on the phone, give me the phone. And he says, I know what you're thinking, <laughs> but Santa Claus came here today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and it turned out it was this, this gentleman from their neighborhood who does Santa Claus for parties. He and really he was, was passing around his card and, uh, and it just it brought my mom so much <laughs> joy, but I'm sitting there on the curb in downtown Cincinnati like, <laughs> i <laughs> gotta oh sit my there I gotta, the next, yeah, I we're in late stage oh my gosh that's like, an amazing story because
0: yeah, that's yeah. the cost isn't it and yeah. laura you went through this
1: oh, yeah,
0: a heart condition heart condition so so give the numbers now on this this is why we need to establish this ministry yeah. that we're doing very slowly
2: but nonetheless the toll that this takes is on the caregiver. The person with dementia, a lot of times they end up tripping into what I call their own little bubble where they have no idea.
0: And that's true for your mom. Totally.
2: Yeah. And we just try to keep the bubble around them and keep them protected. But at the cost of that, keeping that bubble going, is it's taking a toll on the caregiver. Most husbands and wives, as we have found, and it's a little bit higher, check that stat, you're in the 80% threshold now. If the wife has dementia and the husband does his best to keep that bubble around her, he will end up dying of a stress-related illness, a heart attack or stroke, 86% of the time faster than that disease will take her. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening then is when he does die of that, and this is what happened to my husband's family with his grandparents, and he would say, Lori, I have headaches and I'm just not sleeping. And I was like, somebody's got to pay attention here. And he literally had a stroke nine days later and never came out of that. And what happened is when he was gone, the family was like, whoa, we didn't realize her Alzheimer's was so bad. No, because he was keeping that three-ring circus going around her. He was making sure her dignity was in check and the family didn't know. Now, I was in my 30s taking care of my kids and my parents. And before, because my parents were 11 weeks apart when they died. Mom died first and then dad died 11 weeks later. And I ended up with a permanent heart condition as a result because I thought I had to do it all. And I had five brothers at the time. My oldest brother was diagnosed with frontal temporal dementia nine years after dad passed. And, but even that family, they didn't know what to do. And I didn't know what to ask for help for. So I just kept doing everything on my own. Like, I think that's what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And literally, there were days that I would just pray it would end. But then what's the end? Somebody's going to have to die. And I didn't want that either. Yeah. Because you can't go back. <laughs> you never can go back to who they used to be. Because as the brain is diminishing that person is changing and evolving and, and yes the santa claus story sometimes yes it's truth what they're telling you and other times you're like oh here we go and as the caregiver it's a puzzle it's a constant it, yes, puzzle. i yeah. call it a journey you don't know what you're on you don't know what to pack you don't know where you're going when's it going to end sometimes it's uphill downhill twists and turns some days the sun is shining and you step outside and you're in the midst of a hurricane with this person you're like what just happened one minute they love you the next minute they're cussing you out or accusing you of having an affair on them Or threatening to hurt you, delusional hallucinations, it's hard as the caregiver. And there is no, you know, um, what to expect when your parents have dementia handbook. It's not like that, because with 120 different types, they're all different. One percent. That's it.
0: So tell tell that, because We're talking about this in this context, and I I hope you, I want you to have time to unpack how there's some good things that came out of this too. It's not all gloom and doom, but but to 1%, tell us the 1%.
2: Only 1% of all dementias are hereditary, only one. The rest of it, you're doing to yourself. You carry an APOE, genetic gene marker, and typically it's if there's been Down syndrome somewhere in the family. The rest of it, you're bringing on yourself. And that's the part that I just want to scream from the mountaintops. You don't have to do this. This does not have to be where you go. Um, you can trigger that gene by the way you eat. I keep saying this, the food, diet, and lifestyle. That's how you trigger it. Um, I,
0: I'm going to go ahead and say it. Oh, boy. Because <laughs> Buff warned me. She said, this is going to be a deal breaker for some people at this church who are going to get up and leave when you say this. But we love Washington. people. And we want. If this is dangerous...
2: I'm letting you
0: do it. Okay, I'm going to say it. One of the, I'm not, okay, I'll just say it's When I coffee. asked you, I said, it's I said, it's Laura, not, coffee. It's, it's not, not it's whoosh, whoosh, coffee. it's not coffee. Coffee's actually good for your <laughs> yeah. brain. Coffee's good for your brain. Okay, there we go.
1: So but is said, chocolate. So, so is chocolate. You, so is chocolate. It, okay,
0: good. But I asked you, I said, what's, what's one thing? Wait for it, wait for one it. One thing. Oh, boy. Oh, I, I never will be people mad.
1: Sherry's coming next to her.
0: my wife being first in line to say, this can't be wrong, this is a heresy. But when I asked you, I said, what's one thing, if I were to tell people they could do today that could improve their health mentally, you said, okay, Diet Coke. Eliminate diet drinks. <laughs> uh, I know these are fighting words. Like they're...
2: And it's not just Coke. It's anything diet. Yeah,
0: it's anything diet. So any Coke distributors here today, I, it's not just that. It's diet drinks. To explain why we're going so radical today on saying It's not radical Okay, stuff. so
2: <laughs> do the research yourself, okay? Pull up that internet and look at it yourself. Aspartame, guys, is a drug that is only legal in the United States. Think about that for a minute. Why? Who put it through? Follow the money. Aspartame has a direct correlation to early onset brain cancers and dementia, and they knew it.
0: It's That's all highly, we're sa- okay, we're highly addictive, that. highly addictive.
2: And I mean, and you know it. If you're a Diet Coke drinker, you know it. Because it's like you crave another one and another one and another one. And then what you end up doing, and here's the tricky part that it does to the brain. It convinces your brain that since you had this diet drink, you can have this sugary snack over here because the two somehow cancel each other out.
0: Yeah, so the two, big, the two Big Macs with the Diet Coke. Yeah, <laughs> right? you yeah. have it now. And, but the yeah. problem
2: is that that sugar that you're eating feeds the dementia plaque that it's causing. So it becomes cyclical, and I've watched it in friends and family, and and I get it. I do. I get it. Um, and you, you've, you've got, but that's the one vice. If you could please stop doing that.
0: There you go. So we're putting that out there. We're being bold today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> People go, I ain't going back to that church again. They banned diet I'm not it. going back there. I'm not going back. There.
2: My car's not out front. Please don't yeah. egg it.
0: Yeah. yeah, I know. That's what you said. You said, oh, they'll egg my car if they know what it is. That's yeah. Um, Real quick, before we finalize this, um, Buff, you, you lost your dad before you lost your mom. That's one of the reasons I, you know, I told her, I said, I wouldn't ask you to do this a year ago, but mm-hmm. I think you're ready to redeem your journey. But to, to Lori's earlier point about the cost to the caregiver, you experienced that, you experienced that.
1: Yeah. I will say n- neither one of them drank Diet Coke. So I, mean,
0: <laughs> I just, just want to say that. There you go. That's There's other things that. besides yeah, Diet names. Coke.
1: Um, yeah, I just wanted to make room for because, because I think you would say this too, is that one of the things that's been hard for me is watching when somebody gets diagnosed, like Jack Hanna in Columbus just got diagnosed. Mm-hmm. And online, everybody who said it is said the cruelest thing and what an awful thing. And And I think my dad and I both had that first response. My mom knew when she heard the word, she got scared. And I've had friends who, when they heard that word and it came into their family, All hope was lost and it became like a self-defeating prophecy Um, I would say both my dad and I one of the things about dementia that they say right is that you lose the person before you lose them and what that did in us was and especially in me was oh I had to immediately grieve the mom I knew and what that did is make me (laughs) appreciate her and love her and see all this strength that I learned too slow about And then to realize she is still here and I can still honor her and I can still care for her. And so it did a work in, in me Mm -hmm. um, to get that chance to care for her. And it did a work in my, I would say the same thing would be true for my dad, even though it was harder on his body. Um, But it made us all care for each other and love each other in a way I don't know how, I don't know how else we would have got to it without dementia. Mm -hmm. And for her, and this, I just say this to say, there's, n- there's nothing that isn't without hope. Because uh, for my mom, she became a sort of... And this does not always happen, like you're saying. Every single person is different. But I saw my mom become an unwounded version of herself. Yes. You know, she had so many hard things happen in her life. I think a part of her sh- diagnosis was the trauma just kept in her body for years and years mm-hmm. and years. And But she... That was lost to her and so she became an unwounded version of herself and so because of that she yielded to our care she yielded to love and to grace she would have told you she got up every morning and she just tried and that was what she said she she would get up and sit with the birds she would get up and pray she loved being in, in church community and that that feeling of god being close to her she lost more and more words but church was one of her last words she would like use church Mm. as a word for things Mm -hmm. um and so i just say that to say i i know that it can be a crushing thing and we think about it as the cruelest thing but it is weird because my family in in my family there was hope and goodness uh, even Mm. in those darkest moments
0: it's interesting that today we showed the graduates and it would be easy if i'm a senior in college or high school to sit here and say this is a them problem In a television show, I think actually now has included a journey of the the "This Is Us" show has Mm -hmm. included a journey now of Alzheimer's dementia, and it truly is a "This Is Us." Your final words that you want to, because I I know you you would like to stand on a mountaintop and say some things. So you have, you know, today a few thousand people that you (laughs) could just. What are your final words that you'd say? I um. Then I'm going to close with what I think Jesus would say to all of us uh, too. Um, What What is your final words on what, the stigma, it's a stigma that isolates.
2: It is, it is is very isolating. Um, The thing I would tell you is that this is not somebody else's problem, this is an us problem. Um, We're all in this together, and the thing that it taught me going through this as a daughter is the fruit of the spirit. I learned quickly how to see someone past the disease and see into who that person is. So when you pull up to that crossroads and that person's calling you names, what are they going through? What's what's going on in there? Is this person isolated? Is this person suffering from any form of depression or isolation? Is there a form of dementia going on in there? And just to be aware of it, um, not to hide it, not to run from it, but be aware of the people around you, and see them a little bit differently, because this this changed me, kind of like that song. From the crushing and the pressure, a new wine came out of it, and. It's like, okay, it wasn't a broken path I was on. Everything Mm. God placed in my life, everything, I got to turn around now and use it as a blessing for other people. But be aware of people around you. Plug into them. Don't isolate off with them. And if you notice that that's happening, reach out to them and pay attention. Just be there for them and let them know you've got their six.
0: So look on the screens here at uh, Romans 8.11 again. I want you to see this again. And I, I just want to give a strong word. So if we could have that last verse, Romans 8.11 says this, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. There is an animation of a human being that happens even when they're in physical decline that can take place. And I've seen this. Some of the most alive people, Gary Sweet is one of the most young, he's one of the most young people I know and he's 82 years old. He's just young. And this is what Jesus does. And to, to Lori's point, and to, to Buff's point about this is an us problem, I want to challenge you high school graduates. Have you surrendered to Jesus? I didn't ask, have you attended Southbrook all your life? You college graduates, have you surrendered? Because if Romans 8, 1 to 11 is true, It's the best thing for you can do for your mind, body, and spirit. Who who wouldn't do this? If it's true. If it's not true, you ought to be out playing golf this morning because there are better things you can do with your time. But I I I would challenge. You know, we sang that song. I've surrendered. Have you? Those of you who are worried today, you're leaving here worried because we know we've stoked some. I can't live without diet coke, man. I don't know what I'm gonna do. You know. Uh, And you're worried. You know what I think you need to do? I think you need to make sure you've surrendered to Christ and said, "I want your spirit. I want to live." Lori mentioned Galatians five twenty two. I want to live in such a way that I'm walking that allows love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control to come out of my life. And that doesn't happen because of religion. It doesn't happen because you follow the Ten Commandments. They weren't designed to save you from anything, let alone dementia. It only comes because you live the life in the Spirit of God. And of all the things that I hope happens today, surrender to Christ will have made this day worth it. Amen? Amen. Would you give a raucous thank you to Buff and Lori for their story? Yeah. Thank you, guys. You know, it's, it's, I know the price you've paid. I know the price you've paid for this, and it's a really big deal. So join me now. Let's pray. Father, as uh, the lead pastor of this church, I, I pray that this is received as a gift. You know, Martin Luther once said that unless you're speaking the gospel into the needs of your culture, you're not speaking the gospel and this is a this is an issue this is a this is us this is not them this is not they all of us together just like with cancer this is a, this is a, this is an issue that we're all part of we can't disconnect her from it and god forbid that we should isolate ourselves nothing like the community of christ can give meaning and richness and vitality and vigor and animation to a life 25, 35, 45, 65, 85, like the community of Christ. And so, yes, we must speak into this. And we pray that it's received. I pray your blessing over Lori and Eric and Jordan and Jackson and the tremendous ministry that they are having. Because it's a they. they. They are all a part of this. In the Midwest, and I pray you just keep using Lori as a a voice to so many of us who are being blessed. Uh, As those of us who love uh, Laura Buffington for so many years of faithfulness here, um, just thank her and just honor her, Lord, today for opening up her redemptive journey through this very, very difficult reality. Thank you, Jesus, for taking the viral impact of sin and how it destroys mind, body, and spirit and giving us hope. That dementia nor death are the final verdict. Resurrected life is the final verdict. And I pray today, right now, that there is a student who's surrendering to Jesus, who is connecting their life to the Christ who gives life to our mortal body. Thank you, and uh, we just pray this in the name of the resurrected one, with all hope, with all faith, and with all love, and everybody said amen. Amen. Again, let's thank these guys for doing this today. Thank you, guys.